0: to Janet Today, Janet Tomorrow, Janet Forever, the Janet Jackson Podcast, where two cousins discuss all things Janet Jackson. Today, we are doing a bit of an unorthodox show, kind of a special news update inspired by all of the Janet Jackson energy in the atmosphere since, really since Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. My name is Courtney, and I'm here with my cousin.
1: Cousin Cam, and we freestyling this today.
0: Yes, yes, we
1: have a lot. Of topics to talk about we got the justin timberlake apology control hitting number one on apple's music janet's thanking us about the about control going number one uh janet's uh response to gymnast marzetta frazier who did an outstanding routine janet routine and pretty much uh, also the auction. The auction. We got to talk about that. Yes. We yes. got to talk about that. And just just all things Janet. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump right in. Now, let's do it. So I've been holding this in just for this moment right here. <laughs> <laughs> because on Friday, February the 12th, 2021, <laughs> Justin Timberlake issued an apology to both Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. Now let me read his little statement, just in case he wants receipts. Cause you know I'm about them receipts now. Mm. Um, Mr. Timberlake, he posted this on his Instagram, and he proceeds to, to give us this important message. Let I'm me give you my anchor voice. I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contribute to the problem where I spoke out of turn or I did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson both individually because I care and respect these women and I know I have failed. I also feel compelled to respond in part because everyone involved deserves better. And most importantly, because this is a larger conversation that I wholeheartedly want to be a part of and grow from. Oh, he's not through yet. I'm through. No, Wait, no, no, no. Because he, he, this is from the heart. Now, Justin continues, the industry is flawed. It sets men, especially white men up for success. It's designed this way. As a man in a privileged position, I have to be vocal about this. Because of my ignorance, I didn't recognize it for all that it was while it was happening in my own life. But I do not want to ever benefit from from others being pulled down again. I have not been perfect in navigating all of this throughout my career. I know this apology is a first step and doesn't absolve the past. I want to take accountability for my own missteps in all of this, as well as be a part of a world that uplifts and supports. I care deeply about the well-being of the people I love and have loved. I can do better and I will do better. Shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. <laughs> all right. Can I, can I just say,
0: because I want you to go through, it, I just have to say this one thing that's on my heart and mind. I think he said something like, I want to apologize individually. Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Britney Spears mm-hmm. and Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Was that it? Because if you put an and in
1: there, that's not individually, is it? <clears throat> which leads me to my point. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know some people have felt like it was too late, which I understand. Too little, too late. You know, you missed that bus a long time ago. We probably don't got a new bus and it's probably got better wheels. But some people felt like Janet should just get over it. Like, get over it now them people right there we probably had to give them a history lesson and we don't have time because it's just we up we're about janet and i want to clarify too i think that
0: janet did get over it yes and i think that the issue is now beyond janet like this isn't <laughs> a janet specific <laughs> issue no um and so like even if janet moves on which i think she has mm-hmm. um i don't it's, it's not one of those things that you just get over because they try to completely erase a woman's career because of a white man's mistake.
1: True. Now, here's my take on it. I'm mad because it took Britney's fans to get in that ass for him to even get to this point. That's wrong because number one, Britney and Janet are two totally separate events, situations. So they really deserve their own individual apology. The reason why I felt like Britney's situation is different from Janet is because Justin, he used Britney. I watched a documentary. He used their breakup to advance his career. Everybody remembers the classic Crimea River. It featured a woman resembling Britney with the trademark hat, jeans with the belly. Out. And in the video, he suggests Britney cheated. My dumb bud believed Justin, believe it or not. I even said, Hey, she stepped out on my boy, I'm Team Justin. I didn't even care for Britney anymore. And I was wrong because I did not know that he would manipulate that situation to advance his career. Number one, there's no proof Britney ever cheated. Number two, he went on a radio and even Brad about taking Britney's virginity. It's a big cold in the streets about you don't tell you don't kiss and tell. He's a trash person, but continue, please. So everybody, while everybody was loving Justin, old Poe Justin got his heart broken. That started the vultures going towards Britney. And it, I mean, when I watched the documentary, it was almost up there with Michael. Like the paparazzi were hounding this chick I see why she was shaving her head you you wrong he wrong so let me get to Janet because that's my girl that's who I ride for I listened to Justin I was becoming a fan of Justin but after the Super Bowl situation Justin became someone on the radio if he had a good song, I listened to it, but I wasn't going out. Oh, I got to see him bah, 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 woo, woo, woo. because you took a big old bus and you took that bus and you rolled it right on Janet's back and then throwed a little more dirt on it and said, you're on your own. In conclusion, because <laughs> I know I'm throwing a <laughs> lot out of you. My real issue with Justin is the fact that even though Justin was young in the industry, Justin had power at that time. NSYNC three three number one records, over 60 million records sold worldwide. Yes, worldwide. He could have easily stood up for Janet more than what he did. But instead, he was like, oh no, I can't miss my chance to perform and go to the Grammys. Everybody know, even back then, the Grammys was like a snooze bud. You were just like, is it over? He could have easily said, even when he released the, um future sex love songs, he could have said, hey, I'm pulling my record until Janet is back on MTV, CBS, all the Viacom channels. He didn't. He really didn't have to do that. And, and you're right. He could have. He could have. He had the power. Up, but he, he,
0: what, what would have been enough would be to acknowledge that it was a mistake, to apologize for embarrassing this woman on TV on the biggest stage in the world. And to acknowledge that it wasn't? Yes, to acknowledge that it was a mistake and not a part, a planned part of the choreography or anything for shock value or anything. You know, I love, um, there's an interview that just came out on Yahoo where Jimmy Jam talks about, like, if that was a publicity stunt, he's like, We still had six more weeks to go of work on the album. Mm -hmm. He's like, you don't, you don't do that kind of publicity stunt and not even have the product ready. He's like, if we, if that's a publicity stunt, you upload the, you, you know, you upload the album that night. Yes. Um, so, I mean, just to be honest about the situation and what happened, but I think his publicist, and and he was young. And so I want to be fair that he was young and people are malleable more so when they are young. And I feel like especially men, to the extent that they are given a lot of grace about when it is that they are grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we expect women to behave like, you know, super sophisticated adult, you know, 17 going into 18. You know, a white man can claim growing pains and, you know, ignorance and immaturity uh, for their behavior into the 39. That's so, true. That is true. <laughs> I, I get that he was young and he was malleable at that time. And I get that maybe he still is. I was going to say at that time, good, any publicity was good publicity. And that still, to a major extent, is the truth. And I get how it could be appealing to ride that wave of publicity and just do what people are telling you and reap the rewards, like continue to kick her when she's down and reap the reward. Because I think a lot of it was that he was actually being being rewarded for kind of having a hand in dismantling and unraveling her career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he could have stood up. You know, I, I'll never forget, like, you know, Janet Jackson took NSYNC on her Velvet Rope tour and she took them around the world to venues that they would not have had access to. She in front of audiences that they would not have access to. Um, And then later, you know, at the Super Bowl, a venue he would not have had access to. Mm-mm. Um, And this is how he repays her. And, you know, it's a problem for me for a lot of reasons. Obviously, it's another publicity stunt. Obviously, once again, he's riding the wave of news on other women. Mm -hmm. One, I think he was just embarrassed. Frankly, I didn't know he was capable of. I just did not even think he was self-aware enough to know, like, I should be embarrassed. Yeah. But I think the Britney documentary and just seeing the vitriol, I think he had lived in this little bubble where he really thought that, you know, basically the emperor's clothes, he he found out he was naked. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really shocked him. PR team was like, we got to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I think again, like Janet had a big week, you know, that uh, apology came out February 12th. And like the day before that was Julian's announcement about the auction, which we'll talk about shortly earlier in that week, control had gone to number one and everybody was talking about that. And the previous weekend, all the conversation was around Janet Jackson for Janet Jackson weekend. And so like, you know, these two women that he could has previously associated himself with for, to get his name in the paper, to get his name in life, he just saw an opportunity to do it again. You know, and some people say like, you know, there there were some good points in his apology. I appreciate that he acknowledged his privilege. Um, but also, I don't think that any apology is complete if you do not acknowledge the actual harm caused. And he did not do that. You didn't even call out what it is you're apologizing for. You just named some women, and like you, I, I don't know. You maybe could have called their publicists or their assistants or something and just done that. Because what I'm saying, these apologies weren't for them. These apologies were not for Brittany. These apologies were not for Janet Jackson. These apologies were for show, for public viewing,
1: and, his, and don't forget the
0: ego. Yeah, and for ego, also to you know draw some attention because that little movie that they put on Apple TV was like, don't nobody know it. I couldn't even like. You might think I'm intentionally not saying the title. I just don't know it. Like <laughs> nobody knows this movie. And I'm so glad you didn't ask me the name because I, <laughs> <ego. laughs> I don't know it. I don't know it. I just went blank. So I mean, I, I feel like a lot of it was just opportunism, like previously, like all the other times when his name bubbles up with theirs. And then another thing that he said, too, is like this time he wants to make it right. And he wants to be a part of the larger conversation. For me, like, you know, we said, it. I said it earlier, I think she's healed. I think she's moved on. And so for him to just do this now at the end of her big news week, at the end of a week that was really focused around Britney, it just drags drags them into a space where they have to defend and have these conversations and have press in their space for this negative thing when they were uh, you know turning the corner and having creating some different narratives around their careers at this time and so it just feels like disruptive and you know and we could talk about the time you know boss had that great line about like the apology was (laughs) 6930 days too late or something like that and they're absolutely right because you know sometimes people say you know better late than never Mm -hmm. in most instances i do feel that way but also i feel like better never than inadequate or insincere so if you're gonna give me an insincere inadequate apology i would just rather not have one and so that's kind of what this felt like here
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because and i'm glad you said that because the two women that he benefited for were making a combat because britney had a victory in the law in a courtroom and janet was number one and he like oh they talking about y'all let me let me have some of that let me hot on your coattails yet again. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, this is, this is just what he does. But also too, the other
0: thing I wanted to point out is like, you know, sometimes when you, when you apologize for something where the other person has moved on with the other person has healed, sometimes that apology only just serves to open that wound and, or, and it serves to force them to deal with something that they may otherwise have not chosen to deal with at that time. Mm-hmm. Either they've healed from it or they just don't want to deal with it. And so 18, 17, 18 years later for you to kind of post, pu- Force an apology in a public space not only does it open up conversations that maybe one does not want to have but that's not for anyone but you right like this is you clearing your conscience this isn't you offering anyone peace because he mentioned that piece about he must do better the very end of in the exact next few days he had an opportunity to do better and he still has not so mm-hmm. today is what February 22nd mm-hmm. um, and so <laughs> in every day, In the 11 days since that post, he's had the opportunity to do better. You know, when newspapers all around the world, literally in London, L.A., all around the world were attributing her control success with control rising to number one um, to the news, to the Justin Timberlake apology. They were attributing her success. Justin Timberlake, he had the opportunity to speak up again. But did he? No, he did not. Even in the next few days, I think. The 13th. So yes. February 13th. Um, Justin Timberlake liked the post uh, tweeted by at Mr. Jeezy. Um, basically, uh, Timberlake, he was poking fun at the incident. And like one of the lines he's singing in this particular clip um, uh, about Janet Jackson, one of the lines he's singing is maybe I'm the abs- asshole. Oops, did I take it too far? Super Bowl. And like in the clip, you see him like tug his own nipple. Mm-hmm. And uh, he liked that post on 2-13. So the apology was 211 and you liked that post on 213. that don't make a lot of sense.
1: He's failed again. <laughs> yeah. What
0: I'm saying is like, you, you didn't, you have stumbled out the gate and you really could have just said nothing. Like you, you could have said nothing and that would have been so much more appreciated than what you've actually done it was inadequate in every possible way and it just reminded me once again that this is a mediocre dude like even his apology was mediocre yeah and i have never believed that he had the talent because i know talent will make room for you in places that you ordinarily should not be and i just never believed he had the talent for the grace he's been given in the black community or the grace he's been given in the pop world
1: at large like he just doesn't have the talent and so and i'm just gonna add on to this shout out to journalist ernest owens who resurfaced a Twitter exchange that he had with Justin. Mm-hmm. And and I, I hope you, I think, I think you may remember this. This was after, you know, Jesse Williams at the 2016 BET Awards gave that touching, like tribute. You know, he, he got us riled up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so I guess um, I'll just take it from the fact that Justin was so quick to No, praise this. And Ernest Owens pointed out, like, so does this mean you're going to stop appropriating our music and culture and apologize to Janet too? Hashtag BET awards. That's what Owens tweeted. And Justin replied, Oh, you sweet soul, which is like. So condescending. So kind in the South, that's bless your heart mm-hmm. for anybody from the South. Uh, the more you realize that we are the same, the more you we can have a conversation. Bye. And then he deleted his his uh message, Justin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baby, because of your skin, you were uh, you were able to go on 106 and Park and promote your in sync album and prep you for. Crossing over into the R and B chart. Don't don't get it twisted, because that was the plan. The plan was to market Justin as this down white blue eyed soul artist, and it worked. He crossed over on both charts, so don't come with me with that. And another thing, and we're gonna move on. I re- I remember is the fact that he he do pissed off Prince fans too. <laughs> he he was so petty before pettiness. He got mad at Prince because Prince made a statement that sexy never left. Because, you know, Justin had sexy. I'm bringing sexy back. Mm-hmm. So Prince was like, sex ain't never left. It's R&B. Sex, sex sexy is going to be sexy. He wanted to make little statements and little gestures on war shows about Prince hyphen, whatever. I'm from the hood. Say it to my face. And Prince must have really hit a nerve that you had to go on a tantrum to do that. Because if anybody knows what sex is, it's Prince. Sir, you don't even
0: belong in the same <laughs> conversation. Like, your name should be redacted in all sentences that feature the word Prince or any of the letters that comprise the name Prince. Like, your name should not appear in any
1: sentences with the letters P, R, I, N, C, or E. No. <laughs> you not worthy. No. And then he used Prince Image for his Super Bowl. And, like, the fans were like, oh, no. Nah. Yeah. Don't yeah, let like yeah. you down now. And next thing you know, he put out men of the woods, which flies. Yeah. And don't they <laughs> had that that Super Bowl, his
0: Super Bowl like party or whatever whatever you want to call it. He hosted it at Paisley Park. So just disrespectful. Like, okay, the man specifically said he never wanted to be a part of a hologram performance or any performance, you know, live performance after his death. Mm-hmm. And then not only do you do that, but you again do it in such a mediocre way.
1: And you ain't never hung out with this man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Prince would not spit on that man if he was on fire. Like, you you, you doing too much. You're doing too much. You're taking too many liberties with the culture. But if, again, I feel like that's a little bit our fault. I feel like that's a little bit of our fault because yeah. a lot of other cultures gatekeep their cultures and uh, oh, yes. we don't. We are... Inclusive and welcoming, and I kind of like that. Like I like that people come, people all different kinds of people can hang out with Black folks and just feel good and have a good time and enjoy the music, a vibe or whatever. But you're still a guest, and so there are rules for the guests. I think that we often let people skate because you know how I feel about uh, Zebrahead, Michael report. I don't know why we continue to tolerate this man and his ignorance and his his total disgusting behavior towards Black women time and time again. And you know, and now we continue to uh, put up with Justin Timberlake, and I just. Again, like there ain't even one Justin Timberlake song, not one that is worthy of the prominence and place that he holds in the Black community, not even one. So I'm going to ask us to have a little bit more respect for ourselves and for our communities, for the members of our communities when they are hurt. And speak. I just want to, you know, shift. So we're still talking a little bit about Justin Timberlake, but I want to talk about what it looked like, you know, kind of the media's response to the apology. You know, immediately everybody started trying to figure out what Janet Jackson was going to do. Is she going to make it a statement? Is she going to do this? Like I said, when control went to number one, which happened right around its debut time so like it it happened like the 5th 6th or 7th um Mm -hmm. right around the 35th anniversary a week later they were attributing you know that success to uh somehow to the Justin Timberlake apology and later I want to play um Justin Jimmy Jam make fairly pertinent statement about that and I and I just I want to play it in its entirety we have not uh, cleared that sample. So, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be on the end, beyond the credits. And if somebody finds it, we'll pull it out <laughs> I, I just want to say, like, some of the, some of the headlines after those, after that apology, uh, TMZ on f- February 14th on Valentine's Day posted Janet Jackson 1986 album soars on charts after JT
1: apology. Well, he didn't download not one single he didn't out that. Not
0: one, nothing. Like, he, he, <laughs> nobody, if, if, if anything, maybe somebody bought some albums to spite him, but I don't think we dislike him enough to spend the money because of him. Um,
1: but Plus, we already have 50 million versions. <laughs> listen, can't, can't
0: buy no yeah. more trolls okay? You know, and, and media just was all over her and they were just, it was just clickbait. Like they were, even though I love that Janet released that statement, and we'll talk about that in a second, thanking people about control. You know, people kept trying to force, the headline would say something like, Jana Jackson breaks her silence and subtly acknowledges Justin Timberlake's apology. Um, that's a headline from the Daily Mail on February 13th. Say Sarah Abraham, ma'am, you are a kind of terrible journalist. Because the headline is Justin, Jana Jackson breaks her silence and subtly acknowledges Justin Timberlake. And then the lead says, She she did not directly reference the former board band. me Copa. Well, ma'am. Like, okay, the whole story is about I love you so much, Emotional Janet Jackson. Thanks, fans, for pushing her 1986 album Control back to the top of the charts after Justin Timberlake's groveling apology for his male privilege. Like, mm, okay, so why was Justin Timberlake mentioned? Janet didn't miss- mention mm-hmm. us, Justin Timberlake. But anyways, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that Um, thank
1: you that we got from Janet Jackson. Yes. And like you mentioned, uh, Janet thanked her fans for making Control number one on the uh, iTunes. Control hit number one on, on the Apple's top 40 in U.S. pop album charts last um, on February the 4th, celebrating 35th anniversary of its release. Jenny did a video thanking fans that she posted to social media on February 13th, 2021. I know, y'all, Janet was like, when I saw this, I was like, this is really Janet, like in the cold, about to, <laughs> right wrapped up paste up <laughs> That little mask is suspect though. I knew you
0: had to get another mask, but it was good to see her face. I was super excited to see her. She had the shades on. She was outside somewhere looking very cold. Yeah. But, but
1: she was- <laughs> yeah, and, but she had time to, uh, to just record this real briefly on thanking us. And she says, I was at home just the other day by myself and I began to cry. I was crying because I was so thankful for all that God has blessed me, all that he has given me for him being in my life. I am so thankful for all of you being in my life. You're so special to me. And I want to thank all of you for making control number one once again after 35 years. I never in a million years, I would never think that this would happen. I really appreciate you. And I love you so, so much. I I was trying to do a voice. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, my favorite part of this is that she did not mention Timberlake's apology, <laughs> which was That's my favorite which part. classic Jackson Media 101. <laughs> Listen, played him like a fiddle. OK,
0: because when the when the video started, you really didn't know where it was nope. going. And, you know, I had already said in my heart, like, I hope she ignored this dude. <laughs> like I don't want her to acknowledge his nonsensical presence in the world. Like nothing. Just go on with your day. Mama, don't even be bothered. Mm-hmm. And so when it when it first started, I was nervous. I was like, oh Lord, if this if somebody done recorded this woman acknowledging and accepting this apology, I'm gonna have to lay down. Like I don't yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know how my day would go on. Oh, but woo wee, she did what she had to do. Thank yeah. you. I mean, it kind of reminds me of when she was on Oprah and Oprah asked her about it, and she was like, hmm, friends don't do friends like that. And just kept, yeah. just kept it moving like. But even better
0: because like she didn't even acknowledge his presence in the world. <laughs> he didn't get no oxygen. <laughs> no. And you know, she knows because like, you know, she was on, she's online all the time. And she responded like on February 12th tonight, she posted, anyone who knows me knows Britney Spears and Janet Jackson are literally my two biggest idols in the whole universe. And I just hope that they know how much they mean to me, us. And like in that thread on Twitter, Janet Jackson responds, you know, with a heart and hug emoji. She doesn't say anything, but she just puts like a black heart and a hug emoji. So like, you know, she's well aware. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> she knows what's out there. She has a T. Don't care. Hated it. <laughs> you are not a fan. Right. <laughs> He really just said, so. Anyways, in other news,
0: <laughs> y'all hungry? <laughs> I just love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I, I know it. you
1: love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, quiet patty is my favorite patty. Like, just <laughs> And you and you're saying that with <laughs> a smile? sure if you if when they're not even sure. That's my favorite. <laughs> like, did I
1: just get dubbed? Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, and. I don't know about you, but I was so excited that on February 19th, The Making of Control, the 35th anniversary edition, premiered on YouTube. In honor of the 35th anniversary of Control, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis discussed the making of this iconic album that shifted history and created a movement. And I, I mean, it wasn't a long clip. Um okay. But I did learn something about harmonies. I'm happy. <laughs> what did you learn? I learned the reason why her harmonies is so distinct is because when they were creating like the chords for the harmonies, they would go one off. Right. Yes. I remember him talking about that. And I was like, who thinks of that? Yeah, I remember him talking about that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I said, shut the front down. They, they had so many little secrets for like how to give people their distinct sounds. Like, you know, they would use a drum machine and like, we're not going to use it on this. We're only going to use it on this person or yeah. a keyboard. We're only going to use it for this artist. Yeah. Um, and like kind of created sounds for people. So, yeah, I did not watch. I, I read and watched a lot of stuff today. I did not watch the five minutes though. <laughs> so <laughs> what I will say, I was happy to see Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis together on there because Jimmy Jam. So that was super excited. And I must say, like they have been doing some very good publicity for the, for control 35 more than anybody else. Demita <clears throat> Joe. And I want to be fair too, because like this is the 35th anniversary. So like, I don't know what we think she should be doing. It's the 35th anniversary Mm -hmm. y'all have a big 35 birthday party (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i I don't know what we think she should be doing so i'm just happy that like anything's happening really it i really enjoyed jimmy jam and terry lewis did an interview for yahoo i think Mm -hmm. yahoo entertainment about the 35th anniversary they were interviewed by lindsey parker and this the conversation about justin timberlake came from this interview that i want to text on the end but yeah they had a good conversation it was probably like a 40 minute interview where they mostly talked about control they talked about some other things as well but um they talked about super bowl and some other things but they really talked a lot about just janet jackson and working with her and things throughout her career and there were just some gems like um you know uh, they were asked about like, you know, watching Janet's reaction to control goal to number one and seeing her be so emotional about that. And, um, you know, Jimmy Jams, he said, you know, basically he like, I just gives a sense that everything has a deeper meaning to her now. And he went on to talk about like how he thinks like motherhood just has her really more deeply appreciating some of those landmarks in her career. And they asked Terry about it and Terry spoke up and he was fun. Um, but the thing that he, two things he said that really, really like brought me some joy. But the first one he said, and he said it was so much like light in his, just his face lit up. He was like, you know, when I saw that video, they asked him what he thought when he saw the video. And he was like, you know what? I just love to see her happy. He, you know, he was like, she works and she puts in so much work to see that people still appreciate it and that it makes her so happy. I just love to see her happy. And he also said like, one of the things he thought that made her a revolutionary, he called her female revolutionary. One of the things that did, he was like, she just was never afraid to not fit in. Like he, he's like, if she didn't fit in, like that was fine. <laughs> you you yeah. try things that other people would not be willing to try for fear of risking, you know, their, their image or whatever. He was like, she just, she just was never concerned about like being in the in crowd.
1: I like also what Terry said about like her mindset, Um, working on control was more like give me free yes (laughs) (laughs) and i believe it i I really do believe that she was even though she was out of her comfort zone out of california she was free Mm -hmm. and she had someone that would listen to her and who cared about her ideas and what she was going through and i think jimmy um in the making of control he brings that up he says that Once they started talking to Janet and started writing songs, Janet was like, "We just talked about this," and he was like, "Yeah," and she was like, "We gonna sing about it?" He was like, "Yeah," "Yeah." and she was like, "Oh, yeah." So I I think where the "Give Me Free" is coming from. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, They also said a lot, another a lot of good gems in there. One of my favorite was when they asked (laughs) again about Timberlake, but um, uh, they asked Terry his response, like, what do you, what do you think about the apology and all of that stuff? And, uh, Terry was just like, he said a bunch of stuff in between these, (laughs) other these two phrases, but these are the two phrases that I remember. He was like, first, what took you so long? Um, you know, and he went on to say a little bit about how Janet basically had to stand and take all the heat by herself. Um, and he was just like, that was kind of a coward move. And then his, his concluding statement was like, so you apologize
1: now, who cares? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Basically, who cares? Like, yeah. I appreciated that. Terry's a straight shooter. He don't, he don't care. <laughs> he, he gonna tell it like it yeah,
0: is. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, You know, the part that I want to tack in on at the end was Jimmy Jam remarked on how the control number one narrative got spent, like we talked about earlier. And got connected to Justin Timberlake when it had nothing to do with Justin Timberlake. Um, and it's a really powerful moment in the interview, so I'm going to take that soundbite on at the end. Um, and obviously, if someone complains, we will take it off. But it's an important thing Jimmy said, and I want you all to hear it in his words. He also talked though too one one other thing he talked about, which maybe has gotten misconstrued or misunderstood, or 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 maybe I'm misunderstanding it now, but. You know, it it seemed like Jimmy clearly said that the Grammys never banned Janet. They were basically pressured Mm -hmm. to remove her because of CBS. Right. Let's move best, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, be that, you know, it is what it is. I still have my feelings about the Grammys, not just not honoring Janet Jackson and not standing beside her in that moment. You know, again, Janet has like five Grammys. I don't understand how you have a number one album in four decades (laughs) and you have five Grammys and three of them are for videos so whatever So yeah like i appreciate jimmy (laughs) saying that and i know that he has some deep connections like i think he's on like the board for the grammys like he's jimmy is like a Mm -hmm. a ranked and respected official as he should be in the grammys but i say Mm -hmm. that because there is probably a little bias but naturally there is a bias for janet as well but yes i just for context uh he did share that the grammys never officially banned janet and there hasn't been a thing like She's never gonna be invited again or whatever. So.
1: so Janet, the one of the most sweetest things to me for her fans. Um, she didn't just make a video thanking her fans for the control going number one. She also reached out to UCLA gymnast Marzella Frazier, who had an amazing routine. Her routine <laughs> was all about Janet mm-hmm. <laughs> and control. <laughs> and when I tell you she, that sister laid it down on that mat. She did moves. She did moves that I know I can't do. But I would say this. She really
0: encaptured. In- like she didn't just, she didn't just have a routine to a bunch of Janet hits, even though it was a bunch of Janet hits. Like she was doing the moves. Like she <laughs> did the routine from it, you know, and she had yeah. to walk and she was doing it. You could tell she was a real fan. That this was like something that was important, and she was passionate about it, and it showed because sister hit that thing like she did that. Mm-hmm. Her she was amazing. Like I, I there, you know, in gym gymnastics, they can find something for deductions, but
1: I ain't see no deductions. Like this was clean. <laughs> so I wanted to just point that out. Like she did that yes and I mean she's like if you go on YouTube like I say ESPN she's just killing it everybody's just been talking about that routine and and the mix was good too I was like is this active because that was a good mix (laughs) for the Janet Jackson song the thing I hear so many good mixes I'm like can I get a mix (laughs) yes so in the call you know uh, the
0: call was actually posted on February 19th uh, to Twitter and this was Earlier in the day, so later in that day, Mark Zetta had a meet. Um, but Janet said in the call, you know, a friend sent me this video, and it was a video of you and the routine you did. And when I watched it, I began to cry. I was so thankful to God for all that He has allowed me to do and given me, and just to see the work that I've done, the young generation still having fun with it the way that I did and still do thirty-five years later. And I was like, that is so sweet. But also, Jenny got to get out the house. She's just sitting around weeping, like, and this is this is from me. I'm a cancer. I cried <laughs> yesterday
1: watching the Equalizer. I need Janet to go outside. Okay, I don't need you to tell nobody else that right there. I want you to hold that. Is that the Queen Latifah Equalizer? <laughs> That's the Queen Latifah Equalizer.
0: Carry on. <laughs> Which you know is unusual for me. I have made an exception because I don't watch cop shows or anything like cop shows. Um, but I had to make an exception because it's Queen Latifah. So I, so my PSA is stop putting black people I love in cop shows. So I don't have to watch this cop agenda. Stop it. But Queen Latifah <laughs> is very good. And she's not a cop. She's something. But she works with the cops. So same thing.
1: Um- <laughs> now, can I be honest? Because <laughs> I was hating for about 10 seconds. Because... <laughs> I'm not flipping and doing backflips for for a car from Janet. Now, what I can do is I can give her 10 pounds of crawfish. Come on, Deluxe, Mississippi. We got a nice little you casino know, if you want to perform, Janet. We, we got you. I'll bring that crawfish, pop a couple coronas <laughs> for a phone call. Yeah. I feel Come
0: like on, this you. is an offer no one can refuse. You're gonna probably get a phone call in any second now.
1: Oh, I got my phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I thought that was so sweet. And I think it's just a reminder of like we really do stand a truly good human. Like
1: Yeah, but if she wants to, I can we can arrange for her to call us now <laughs> yeah 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 you might have to learn how to tumble
0: though because then she asked her to teach her how to tumble which I was like ma'am
1: <laughs> I don't want Jenny to tumble okay. like
0: <laughs> so like
1: Janet could have said anything else like I want you to show me how the outfits are made but when she said tumble No, Janet you're 50 something. I believe I believe
0: like if she put her mind to it, she could that is a thing that she could do. My question would be why ma'am, why?
1: But you know what? We are we are so in love with Janet, we will watch it
0: I would, I would absolutely watch it. Listen, she listen. There's hardly anything she could take up that I would not watch. Fly fishing, I'm there. Like ooh. NASCAR, come on, man, I'm driving circles. I don't know why you're doing this, but go ahead. Like there's hardly anything.
1: Then I will put my bet on her to win it. I'd be like, "Jenny, gonna win." <laughs> <laughs> no, Jenny ain't gonna win, but she gonna win. <laughs> How did we get on NASCAR? (laughs) Oh, boy. And I think we
0: should note, too, that, like, that FaceTime call, which was earlier in the day, and then um, Marzetta had a meet that night. She said two of her personal bests. Mm. And, uh, you know, she says herself, she's like, just hearing her say that I inspired her, that made me very emotional. That was definitely the best pep talk ever before a competition and definitely the best birthday gift ever. And... I'm so happy that she had that moment. I'm so happy that, you know, the youth, you know, who this girl's probably 18, 19 years Mm -hmm. old, maybe 20 still discovering janet jackson and still enjoying janet jackson and that janet is still connecting personally um with her fans in this way and is giving such good press right like she couldn't buy Mm -hmm. this kind of press like i saw this story on good morning america it was was on entertainment tonight it's on the people magazine website like this story was everywhere as it should be because it's just one of those moments that reminds you that like just this is a special human because you just, you know, the the status and the magnitude of her career and all she's been through, like with people literally trying to dismantle at the foundation, take her career apart for her to still be one out here, recognized, having a good time, but also too like humble enough to be like, you know, that touched me. I'm gonna call this kid. <laughs>
1: That if she got that phone call before the competition, yeah, that is a good pep talk. By the way, Janet, next sure I play fantasy football with my having a pep talk <laughs> for my first games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Janet, can you make sure you pick the right quarterback? Mm-mm, that's
0: funny. Okay, mm-hmm. good luck with that though. You know, I'm I'm always rooting for you. So and I hope that that call
1: comes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm manifesting. I'm trying to learn how to manifest.
0: <laughs> yeah, you put it. In, you got to put it in the universe. Put it in the universe. Let's put all the things in the universe. You know, we've been trying to get an interview with Jimmy Jimmy Terry Lewis. Yes, and I feel like it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And we're just gonna put it in the universe. I um, shy, I shy, I shy. I yes, agree. yes. Oh, one, one other thing we got to talk about. We got to talk about the auction. Yes. So. This, again, was a part, and we put it at the end because we didn't want foolish child out the way, Justin Timberlake, <laughs> but all the things that happened in that week, you know, Control going just to number one, and then we got the news of this auction mm-hmm. uh, on February 11th. Um, basically, we learned that Julian's auction house is going to have an auction for Janet over her birthday weekend. I think mm-hmm. it's May 14, 15, and sixteen, yes. and they are auctioning off 1,000 of Janet Jackson's items from her music videos and tours and television performances also some things she's worn on the red carpet as well as like some personal items like car and things like mm-hmm. that. A portion of the proceeds from the auction will benefit Compassion International, which is a global child advocacy ministry that partners with churches around the world to release children from spiritual, economic, social and physical poverty. Some highlights if we call it that. There's some highlights. It's some highlights. <laughs> jacket that she wore on the Rhythm Nation tour, that black petticoat jacket, the key earring, you know, the key to the animal cages. Pickup truck, a Chevrolet cameo is up for sale, as well as uh the dress she wore to marry uh Renail up for sale in the auction as well. A host of other things.
1: And this is where I get presidential. I need Pres Joe Biden to run me my check. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, these items are that you gotta try to get them. The jacket, the Rhythm Nation jacket. Do you know how many people are going to probably want that key? (laughs) I I think the key is going to be one
0: of the highest. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a lot of bids on that. Yeah.
1: Now, one thing I'm surprised that she is auctioning off is that outfit from the 2009 MTV Music Awards, because Janet kept that outfit. And she killed that routine. And I know this is a detour, but Janet had this face like, I'm tired of y'all effing up all these tributes to my brother. <laughs> right. Let me just go out here and do this. Let me show y'all how it's supposed to, to be done. Y'all look silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I, 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 I'm i going to be honest. Somebody might not get no Christmas gift or something, birthday gifts. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I have feelings. I have feelings about everything. Uh, Uh-oh. I have feelings. So-
0: My first thought was I don't know how I feel about this. Um, so on the one hand I'm like happy that fans hopefully will get a chance to like have a piece of this collection that, you know, that it might mean something very dear to will have the opportunity to bid on these. Mm -hmm. But my biggest fear is that it's just gonna go into the hands of rich private collectors and they're gonna vanish and we're never gonna see them again. Yeah. And I feel like these things should be in a museum. And like I know Janet is a forward thinker. Like, I think she saved all of these things for 40 years for a reason. And I don't think that that reason was a yard sale. So I'm like, what is happening and why now? So that's my first thoughts. But also, too, I have to think, like, a lot of these things, I will hope she has duplicates. Like, you don't go on tour with one outfit. Right. But, like, I wouldn't think that she would have, you know, the outfit you just mentioned, the 2009 MTV Michael Jackson tribute outfit. I would imagine there's just one, and so that kind of breaks my heart that that would go up for auction. That long silver coat from the video scream yes. is in the auction block, and that just kind of breaks my heart as well. But I gotta, I gotta trust like Janet Jackson. She ain't no fool. Mm-hmm. She, if she's doing this. She's got a plan, even if she don't have a plan. These are things she can do what she want to do. True, true. So like, I just have to accept that. But I just feel like you know that that 2009 outfit should already be in the museum. Like, I don't, I don't know if they already have things there. I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit that I have yet to make it to DC to go to the National um, Museum of African American History, part of the Smithsonian, but like some of these things should be there and not um, in some collectors, private collectors home. And that's not to say that, you know, private collectors very often put their collections on display for the public and that could very well happen with a lot of these items. But it's just I don't know. I just feel like they feel like they had a greater purpose than to be
1: auctioned off piecemeal. Yeah. And I hope get a chance to get the hands on some of this. But you know how it is. Money talks. Help <laughs> real fans get it. And
0: I did want to say I noticed something and it, it could just be a typo or anything. But I just wanted to say, like, I noticed this and I wonder if anybody else did. The very first so on on February 11th, like I saw a posting very early in the morning. And then I, you know, worked until about lunchtime and I checked Twitter again and the posting had changed so that, you know, how they have the auction catalog. So they're selling those auction catalogs that kind of lists um, all the items that are going to be up for auction. And there's two versions, one that's going to be signed and it costs $800. And then the other one, which is a limited collection, but not signed and it's $200. Mm-hmm. But the first cover I saw dates were different. It said May 2020. And then when I checked again after lunch, and so it could have changed at any time because I have a picture, like I saved the picture. It later said 2021. And so I don't know if that's, if this is a thing she had planned to do like prior to the Black Diamond tour um, before the pandemic closed up the world or if legitimately that was just a typo.
1: It could be either or it could have been something that was planned for 2020. But of course the world is tried to shut down, but we didn't do a good job of Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it. Or... It could be, you know, somebody had fatigue from working from home and felt like they were still in 2020. Right. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna give them the benefit of the day
0: <laughs> anything happened, but i just want to say that i did notice that um
1: did you go on the website and check it out and- um
0: i haven't done my due diligence i don't know if i'm gonna try to get anything so i did register because i felt like that's what you should do as a good fan a good janet jackson fan a good member of the jam fam but i just can't think of anything i would do with any of this
1: well the only thing i'm eyeing is the regular box set because i can't get her eight for the signature But the box set would be cool. Yeah, I feel like that's a good coffee table piece. Yeah, I mean, because like if you go to her shows and get program books, I think those are what, like 75? Mm -hmm.
0: And I got those two and I don't know what to do with them. Okay,
1: I can't convince you today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, most of of my items are functional. I don't have a lot of things that just exist. But I am trying to figure out like, what could I buy that maybe I could treat like art? Because, you know, last couple of years, I've been trying to invest in art by Black artists. Mm Mm-hmm know this would be a stretch maybe I could convince my mind that this is art you know some pieces of her art that maybe I could display or something but I don't know what that would be mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I don't know what that would be so
1: yeah you ain't got to convince me you talked to a person who uh, was in an eBay auction battle for a Michael Jackson doll so I can't yeah I can't bust, So <laughs> I can't <laughs> criticize <laughs> yeah yeah but I'm excited either
0: way I hope you know I wish luck on all of the jam fam all of the fans who just want to have a little piece of Janet Jackson as a part of their collection or belongings i hope everybody gets what they want i read maybe yesterday an article about basically the title was the article of was black music and entertainment walk of fame announced and the article was to talk about some of the inductees and i guess georgia more specifically atlanta has announced the creation of the black music and entertainment walk of fame um, It's going to be installed in the downtown area mm-hmm. of Atlanta on the sidewalk on MLK Jr. and Northside Drive. I guess they're going to have a ceremony where they're going to have the unveiling and have a formal induction ceremony during Black Music Month in June.
1: The Walk of Fame was created by Michael Malden and Dimit Gerdry founders of the Black American Music Association and Georgia State Representatives Erica Thomas and Kathleen Bruton, uh, founders of the Georgia Entertainment Caucus. The nominees were announced on Thursday, February the 18th. According to a statement they put out, the Walk of Fame is designed to honor iconic individuals and organizations that have impacted Black culture and community alongside those who continue to lead us into the field. So
0: Quincy Jones, James Brown and Otis Redding were chosen as the foundational inductees, so they're going to be the first inductees for the Black Music and Entertainment Walk of Fame. And then, in addition to those three, they have, and those three won't have like any votes or anything. They're just they're just on this sidewalk, yeah. Um, but then there's 35 other artists. Who are apparently competing for seven spot, And that's where it
1: all came apart for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, because you want to talk about this. I'm going to let you have the floor, break it down. <laughs>
0: So I was super excited because you know how I feel about like us always begging for inclusion in things that try to exclude mm-hmm. us and like, you know, the Hollywood, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I'm like, yes, we should have our own things. We should create our own institutions since we created the music that the institutions are celebrating. Mm-hmm. So we should create our own institutions. Um, so I was excited about that. But then like, there's so much wrong here. So there's going to be seven categories. One, I'm going to start at the bottom and then I'm going to get to problematic categories. Okay. So there's music and entertainment mogul. <laughs> and the, the I'll just tell some of the folks who are nominated. If you want to, you can just Google this. Um, but music and entertainment mogul category. There's Sean Combs, Dr. Dre, Queen, Latifah, Will Smith, Jay-Z. Gospel category, The Clark Sisters, Kirk Franklin, BB and Cece Linus, Shirley Caesar, Donald Lawrence. And then there's a legacy artist category, which is Lana Ritchie, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to keep going. I'm going to come back to them. I'm going to tell you what the other categories are. I'm not going to read all the names. There's hip-hop female, there's hip-hop male, mainstream female, and mainstream male. Sir, ma'am, child, WTF is mainstream <laughs> male <laughs> inside of the Black Walk of Fame. What is mainstream male? <laughs> what is mainstream female? You're going to put mainstream, you're going to write those letters on MLK Street? <laughs> You want to write mainstream mail on on Dr. Martin Luther King Street? And not only that, you're going to have Charlie Wilson, Pharrell Williams, Usher, Maxwell,
1: and Babyface duking it out for a spot on the sidewalk. Well, let me just say this. Pharrell and Maxwell can sit down because- They're not even in the same category. But the point
0: is, the point is this false scarcity, your your inaugural class, could just be the 35. And then if you want to create this false scarcity later, that's fine. But you mean to tell me um, in mainstream female category, again, I can't even believe Black people wrote that down. You mean to tell me in mainstream female category, Beyonce, Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, and Anita Baker, you're telling me only one of them deserves... To be on the ground? It's
1: sidewalk. And it's in ATL, right? Yes. And they got enough sidewalks for everyone, right? One would think. And if Tyler Perry can get a highway? (laughs) One would think. These artists can get a piece of the block. I'm just saying, it's 35. It's not like you're going to
0: run out. Like if you were just doing this to stretch it out because you say you want to do this every June, you want to have an induction class or whatever it is that you're aiming to do long-term, I think you could still start with 35. Like, can you imagine? Are they really saying that like for the next year, they expect tourists to go to this street to look at seven names or 10 with the three who are automatically inducted. You think that people are going to go stand over and look at 10 names? Well,
1: I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but really, they only they could do 30. You mean, I see five five people that really shouldn't be in no hurry to get on a, the spot. It's swap. some up here who shouldn't even be in the like, first class. <laughs> it's, it's some up here who
0: should not be in the inaugural class discussion. But you mean to tell me... You gonna let Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, Lionel Richie, and Shaka Khan
1: duke it out for one spot? Yeah, there is black, black music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, that was a time where all these those artists you named, except for Shaka Khan. You couldn't. You mean to tell me that
0: those legacy artists? How are they different from mainstream male in the black sidewalk
1: world? Like, I don't know what's happening here. Okay, I'm gonna point something out. Two of them is dead. So only one. Mm -hmm. Two of them. James Brown
0: is dead. Oh, and the inductees. Yeah, two of them in the in the uh the ones who
1: don't even get a vote two of the three yeah. are not living but see michael shouldn't even have to be voted in Janice shouldn't have to be voted in beyonce should um, not have to be voted in mariah yeah. carey the, the clark sisters now they can say bb and cc mm-hmm. and I, i'll even say this they can hold off on dr drain queen latifah
0: mm-hmm. i don't even care who, and like to me it's not a matter of who shouldn't be included it's like why wouldn't you include them? Why wouldn't you like what? What is the scarcity? What is the reason that we can't include them?
1: Well, this is what I'm gonna do because I'm always trying to make it gentle, cover up, and help people out. Yeah, with you this do. Yeah, you're
0: good at it too, so I can't wait to hear this.
1: I just want to say, because it's their first time, they didn't really get a chance to think all the way through and line this up. That's so sweet. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all these people should know better, but I love... And they should have said, I would have been better with vocalist than mainstream.
0: Yeah. What is mainstream male? What does that even mean? Does that mean R&B? Does
1: that mean pop? What's... And if it doesn't have to mean anything. It could... like. You could have just put entertainer, musician, like anything. It doesn't have to be a weird old category. This may have been rushed.
0: But it don't have to be rushed. Like you could have <laughs> if if the announcement was made on February
1: 18th, they could have. Thought for two more hours they made that announcement on the 19th. They could have came back in May and said, Hey, <laughs> this is what our final list is. It wouldn't have taken that
0: much more time. It took me, it took, well, for one, it took me a long time to read the articles because the article was
1: all kinds of crazy. But yeah, it, I want to talk to you about that after the show <laughs> It took me a while
0: to read it in the you know, in those five minutes, I was able to see that there were a lot of holes in this plan. And I feel like if they had spent an extra 10 minutes, they would have come to the conclusion that there is no need to pretend that we can't honor all of our legends at this time. Because again, it's 35 people. It's not like the list was 1,000 names long. Are they afraid they won't have people for next year?
1: They can't keep going 30, 30, 30 because this music that's out here now with this generation, they will run out of people, but they could do 30 now and maybe seven next exactly. year. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I said, you know, we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Well, I like that.
0: I appreciate that.
1: Oh, one more Janet thing. Uh, Janet has been preaching to us on Sundays, haven't she? <laughs> you know, yes. You, I She's spreading the word. How about that? Um,
0: Yes. And I was like, is this the emergence of a brand? Like Brightside, this feels like she might have a social media brand now. Like people are looking forward to her Sunday inspirational
1: messages. It works for Oprah. You know how many times I don't watch Super Soul Sunday and I know they Oh,
0: Yeah. I need you to get over Oprah. But um,
1: that shade. See how she did.
0: I appreciate that. Like, even though it just feels like Janet Jackson has too many Pinterest tabs open, I appreciate that the there is a consistency. We can kind of depend on at least hearing from her once a week. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. That is the word. That is the word. This is a move in a solid
1: direction. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just like, I'm amazed that we have this much Janet stuff to talk about. I hope we have another week where there's more uh, Janet stuff we can talk about. And it just feels good just to talk, just talk about Janet and what she's giving us now. So I, I like
0: this. Yeah, I'm listen, I was excited to have, you know, Janet be so omnipresent in the news these last few weeks. And I hope it goes forever and ever and ever and ever and that folks continue to find her and uplift her and you know we talked about control going on the charts but i think rhythm nation entered mm-hmm. the top 100 as well mm-hmm. um and that's tremendous and i'm like i'm, I'm like keep going let's do janet next yeah. like, let's get it in the top 100 uh get it to number one i mean these are really solid albums and i'm glad that people are having the experience with them. And I'm glad too, because I think a lot of people are repurchasing them to have it digital and they do sound, I mean, they sounded amazing as a kid, whether I had the album or, you know, my first tape was a dub, Uh, but whether, you know, it was not the original, it has since been replaced many times over. (laughs) But the first one that like somebody had recorded from their own cassette or whatever, sounded great to me. And then years later, when I got the CD, that sounded great to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the albums sounded great. But let me tell you, these digital uh, remasters are pretty slapping good. Mm-hmm. They're good. So if you don't have a digital copy of these albums, you should do that. You should do that. Go stream some Janet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cousin. All
1: right. That is it for us for
0: now. If you need more Janet Jackson, which we know you need more Janet Jackson, you can subscribe
1: to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're already a subscriber, please tell a Janet Jackson fan about us. And leave us a rating or review whenever you're listening. Your comments and ratings help other people find us, especially on iTunes.
0: If you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Janet Jackson Pod. If you are following, thank you for every like and every single retweet, especially on episode releases. Those are simple things you can do, and they go a long way to help us reach new Janet Jackson fans.
1: Our intro and outro music Good For You is provided by THBD and is licensed under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks for listening to Janet today, Janet tomorrow, Janet forever. You know, reflecting back, I just wish he would have stepped forward earlier and kind of laid himself in the line of fire too and, and took his shots but now who cares
2: the thing that was interesting to me or my observation of it was was the way that it got reported so janet's record went back to number one because janet jackson appreciation day coincided with the super bowl day Mm -hmm. as it has thanks to matthew cherry and a few other people a few other fans that would really got involved with that so um I think that the story was very much, that was a very positive story.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And then, you know, when Justin Timberlake a few days later or whatever it is, does the apology, all of a sudden the story becomes somehow that the record goes back to number one because of Justin Timberlake. And I don't know whether that's just, I mean, to me, it showed where the societal thing that happens that females have been saying for years, how things get hijacked from them And somehow now, all of a sudden, the story becomes the male. And it's such a dominated, uh, you know, maybe the media industry is dominated by males. I don't know what it is. But that was the thing that I noticed that really rubbed me the wrong way, because that was not the story. The story was the album went back to number one. That's its own story with the fans, with the people that appreciate the music and all of that. And now the fact that he apologized, that came after the fact of the record going back to number one. But somehow it got reported like, as a result of him apologizing, the record went back to number one. And so the narrative is so screwed up as it has been for years